In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is Marie Zimanoff, your host, and this show is here to help you get the tools that you need to take control of your career and move forward, whether you want to move up, move out, or just be happy and more successful where you are. Today we're going to talk about a critical skill that we all need for many areas of our life, including our careers, which is motivation and self-motivation and being able to set goals and move towards them. Sounds like a simple task, and yet we all know that when we're setting a goal and working towards it, we often hit roadblocks or get stuck and maybe can't figure out why we are why we are stuck, why we're not moving towards that goal when we really did want to do that, right? And recently the International Coach, Coach Federation put out a survey to the people that are going to their event this week that I'm headed to on Wednesday morning. They're expecting 1,600 people or so, coaches from all over the world to join in Washington, D.C., and they sent a survey out to them and specifically asked about motivation. I'm guessing that has something to do with the keynote presentation. But what issues do coaches see that people face when they are not motivated or not able to maintain that motivation to achieve the goals that they're setting for themselves. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. I went through and picked out some of the themes that I saw in terms of why people struggle with motivation. And you may think, well, I am motivated. I don't need to, I don't need help in the area of motivation. But how do you think about, do you always do what you know you want to do? Do you always achieve the goals that you set for yourself. And this may be easier when we think about career goals in terms of our self-assessment may be more positive. And, and yet we may not be totally truthful with ourselves. When we think about personal goals, it oftentimes is a little bit more challenging. Our ability to eat healthy, exercise regularly, spend time with our family or have patience with our kids or our spouse. Sometimes it's those areas of life where we're more able to see that we're not following through or completely motivated to do what we know we want to do. And yet I would have guessed that some of those same things are happening at work. Maybe it's just not as readily apparent. So we're going to talk about some of the reasons that we are failing to achieve our goals or change when we want to change. And then we're going to talk about some of the solutions or tactics that you might try to help keep you moving. 
get you moving, get what you want to do done. So let's talk about some of the things that we know about change. And although we talk about it a lot and sometimes we kind of make it sound easy, like, well, oh, just eat healthier or stop smoking, we know that change isn't that easy. It's not something that anybody does very well with at least one aspect of their life. Some people may find it easier to change in what they eat or they might find it easy to change how they respond at work. But there's some area of of all of our lives where we get stuck, where we get challenged, where we find it hard to make that change even though we know what we're doing isn't working for us. And one of kind of the old old goodies in the area of change is Prochaska's model, six stages of change. And this is, you know, it's one of those that you can see really easily with other people, usually, in terms of where they're at with change. But it starts with pre-contemplation. So pre-contemplation is that you don't even realize that what you're doing is a problem. And you probably see coworkers, family members who are in this stage. Maybe it's with their weight and they're totally unaware that they're overweight or you know, they're not as skinny as they think they are. Maybe you see those people on the beach and they're in pre-contemplation, right? They don't know that what they're struggling with is a problem. Contemplation is when we've started to realize that what we're doing is a problem. Most smokers that I meet are here, right? Yeah, they know smoking's going to kill you. And they may be thinking about making a change, but they're not really ready to even get ready to do that. The next stage is preparation. So we're preparing to make a a change. We are thinking about it, kind of setting up systems for how might we do this. Maybe we're researching different assessments that will help us figure out what our motivation is. Or if we're a, a smoker, we're researching all the different methods that can help us stop smoking. If we are overweight, we might be researching diets and what might be the best fit for us. We're kind of in that preparation phase. We're not really ready to take action yet. Then action, when we start doing some things differently, start experimenting with acting differently, different behaviors, and then maintenance. You know, how do we not revert back to what we've always done? Because that inertia and our our pull back to doing things the way we've always done them is is so huge it's such a it's such a force right when you see people that are on oxygen and yet they still need to smoke you get the power of this pull for us to do what's comfortable to do what we know to to do what we're used to and there's some chemical stuff with smoking, of course, going on. But a lot of it is, isn't. A lot of it is our own brain chemicals that even if we're not talking about uh, an additional chemical like nicotine, our brain chemicals are so strong to pull us back to what we've been doing that even when we've made the change, 
there's this phase of change called maintenance, which is still our active choice to keep that change and keep that new habit. And of course, in alcoholism, they, they call that, you know, that you're still an alcoholic. It's just that you're in, in recovery and you're every day deciding not to drink. So many changes that we make are that same way and they take that same effort. And if we don't think about it that way, we can end up right back where we started. So let's look at some of these reasons that people don't change. My favorite uh, thing to pick on is procrastination. Because when people talk about you procrastinating, usually that is not the issue in and of itself. There's something underlying that that's causing you to procrastinate. And we're going to dig into what that might be. So when someone says, oh, I'm just procrastinating, there's more behind that. Why? What's going on? What payoff do you get for waiting until the last minute? What are you afraid of that's keeping you from taking action? Usually there's, it's not necessarily just a habit in itself, although it is for some people because there's a payoff for procrastinating. But that's kind of a cop-out in my mind. There's something deeper, there's something different going on. So why don't people change? We know that smoking kills us, and yet we keep doing it. We know that eating too much may lead to diabetes and eventually have the same cause, the, the same outcome as smoking, and yet we do it. And then we get to smaller issues, like we know we're unhappy at work, but we, we don't change. Some of the issues that the coaches kind of crowdsourced were around pain. So do we really feel the pain of what we're doing, or are there payoffs for our negative behavior. And we're going to dive into the, that a little bit. Maybe we're resistant to change because we're not quite feeling the pain of doing what we are doing. Maybe we don't see a clear vision of where we want to go, or we see that vision, but we don't know how to get there. We don't have the connection between action and results. So we might be seeing that there's kind of that ambivalence and we're not quite sure that it makes sense to move forward because we can't see what the goal is or we can't see the value of reaching that goal. And then a lot of fear and a lot of different ways that fear presents itself So we might be afraid of standing out, of making a change that will move us away from the people and situations that we're used to. We might be afraid of risk and exploring and doing something new. We might be afraid of success. So a fear that many people don't think about, but a lot of times procrastination is a fear of success. So if I'm procrastinating applying to a job, it may be because I don't know what I would do if I got that job. I don't know what I'd do if I got that interview. And so we 
we do things a lot because we're afraid of the next step and what would that success mean what would it look like how would we prepare for it how would we how would we do if that worked and then of course fear of failure we are self-doubting we have imposter syndrome we don't really feel like we belong where we're going that fear of success fear of failure is kind of mixed into that uh, imposter syndrome uncertainty of what the next step might look like all of those fear fears can wrap up and look like fear look like self-doubt sometimes they can look like resistance or or they can't even look like confidence well i know that i'm good where i am so i'm going to stay here but on the on, on the inside we're struggling because we know it's not really where we want to be so we're going to dive into these issues that get in the way of us achieving our goals a little bit deeper and we're going to look at some strategies that you can employ to overcome them when you find yourself up against one of these blocks or when you just think well man I'm really stuck and I'm not doing what I want to be doing not making the the steps that I know I should be taking why is that and what can you do differently And we'll dive into that when we come back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Starting and running a business can be hard. Moving forward and keeping the excitement alive can be difficult to do. I'm Joe Hosman. If you are experiencing the struggles of opening or sustaining a business or even knowing you need a change in your life, you want to tune in to my show, Go For It. My guests and I will show you the steps needed to build something positive in your week. Listen every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. So we're talking today about change and motivation to achieve our goals and how it doesn't always work like we think it's going to, or we're really motivated to make a change and then it kind of dies out, or we know that we need to do something different, but we just feel stuck and not quite sure what to do next. So what do we do when we're stuck in those situations, when we're feeling stuck when we know that we need to do something different and yet we keep bringing our head up against the same wall, so to speak. And, you know, one of the most challenging pieces of this process is that pain is such a stronger motivator than intellectual reasoning or vision. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking with clients, they'll say, oh, I've created a vision board of what I want out of work. And that's great. That is a powerful motivator. However, sometimes it's not powerful enough. And we've got to go back to what are we really trying to get away from? And how can we maintain our clarity around that and it sounds kind of negative you know uh, why do we keep going back to what's wrong with what we're doing but it's a much more powerful motivator when we're when we're in pain and this is why a lot of times people don't make changes until things are really really bad is because if we're not feeling the pain of our action, we're really not that motivated to do something different because change is hard. And if we're not, if we don't really have to make a change, we aren't going to. So if you are feeling yourself slip back into old behavior, this is, although a somewhat negative process, something that you can do for yourself and see if it helps for you. What is the pain of where you were. What is, what's not working? And sometimes this is a good journal activity. What's not working about your current behavior? What's not working about your current job? And make a list of those things. So, you know, weight is an easy one to pick on. But if you're not the weight that you want to be, Maybe you can't wear the clothes that you own, right? Or you can't go out and, and play with your kids. Um, what are those pains that would drive you to make a change? And you can have a vision of what you want to be and what your life will look like and, and journal that as well. But really key into what is the pain. This is why it's hard for people to change smoking and weight sometimes is because you really don't feel the pain, right? You can buy bigger clothes and you can still look good in them if you wear the right clothes. You can pretend that smoking isn't hurting you if you're not feeling any physical pain at the moment. It's hard to connect with a future pain of 
even a big one like death. It's in the future. It's not immediate. It's not that it's not painful right now. So connect yourself with why you want to make a change, both in a positive way, but also connect with that pain of what's not working for you right now. There's motivation there that you can tap into. And the more specific that you can be about that, the better in terms of what isn't working for you right now. That, that pain and really tapping into it. So procrastination sometimes happens because we haven't felt the pain of not getting it done. Nobody's asked for it. Nobody's made a big stink. Nobody's, you know, seems to care that we haven't gotten it done. And a lot of times that's why people will set their own deadlines and maybe their own um, negative consequences, if you will, around that so that you're not waiting for external prods to get you going. Sometimes procrastination might be about that. Sometimes procrastination and failure to make that change is because of inertia, right? We're just, we are happy where we are, even though we really aren't happy with where we are. So if you can connect to those pains a little bit more, you can help move yourself forward. That's a little piece of it. It's a negative piece of it, but sometimes it's helpful, even though it it may not be what you hear about and read about a little bit a lot of times it's kind of that consciousness raising in the protrasca model they talk about consciousness raising increasing information about the problem so really connecting with what the problem is and making it more tangible that your current behavior is actually a problem for you and that is one of the early techniques for yourself, if you're not, you know, not really connected to making the change, kind of thinking about it, but not really ready to get serious, start to make notes about what the problem actually is, what the pain actually is, because it will help you decide if those pains and, and if that problem is really big enough for you to make a change. A lot of times when I'm talking with people who are not happy at work but not really ready to admit that they're going to have to put effort into making the change, and that sounds something like, well, why can't it just be the way it used to be? Why isn't there a corporate ladder? You know, what this? why does it have to be so, so challenging and so hard? When you're thinking those things or saying those things, you know, kind of wishing for the good old years, it means that you're in pre-contemplation or contemplation about making a career change. You're starting to come to the realization that you might have to put some effort into it. So start thinking about and and maybe even journaling what are the, the problems? What are the indicators for you that where you are is no longer working for you or how you're leading is no longer working for you? What are some of those indicators that you might be ready to put in the effort to make a change. Then we move to the more positive piece of it, 
in terms of our vision for change. When we're ready to make a change, we're really started to think about the positives of how it could look different. And that vision can be very powerful when it's as specific as you can get it and as realistic as you can get it. So sometimes people create a vision board and it's too pie in the sky. You know, if you are barely scraping by and you've got a vision board with a mansion and a Ferrari and it's not going to be motivating because it's too far from reality. Think of that rubber band, and I know we've talked about this analogy before, that rubber band and you're stretching it between your fingers, and if there's too much tension, right, if you get those fingers too far apart with the rubber band around them, it's going to snap. And what happens is that we just go back to status quo because the tension is too high. So it's not necessarily that you're lowering your your goals, but you're setting a vision that doesn't create so much tension that it just doesn't work. In weight loss, this happens to people when they're, you know, they have 200 pounds to lose and their goal is to lose it all in one month, right? And their vision of themselves is as a size two. Well, that's probably not realistic. What would that vision look like to be a little bit more realistic and to help create a compelling, realistic vision for yourself. Then with that vision, sometimes we get stuck because we have the vision, but we don't know how to get there. We don't know the steps to take to make that vision a reality. Or perhaps we know some of the steps and we feel like we've tried some of them and we're not getting the results that we want. So we've we've tried making some changes and it's just not it's just not getting the results that we want or getting the results as fast as we want. This comes to that skill of breaking our goals down into actions and really changing how we view goal setting. So instead of setting a goal based on an outcome, so I'm going to lose 30 pounds, try setting your goal based on the actions. So five days this week, I'm going to count my calories, or five days this week, I'm going to hit 10,000 steps. Seven days this week, I'm going to eat vegetables and how can you set goals around actions instead of goals around outcomes in the career space this might sound like you know i'm going to apply to one position a week or i'm going to reach out to one new networking contact a week What are those actions that you have control over that common sense says will help you get to your overall goal and set goals based on those actions instead of, you know, I'm going to get a new job in six weeks. It's obtuse. Part of it's not under your control. 
And eventually when you're not achieving that goal because you don't have control over it, you lose your, your momentum, your motivation, and stop taking those steps, even though you know they'll get you eventually to where you want to go. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about resources that you can use to set better goals and and better visions. And then we're going to move in and spend some time talking about fear and overcoming fear. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference, every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about motivation, fear, procrastination, all of those pesky little things that get in the way of us achieving the goals that we want to achieve for ourselves. So we've talked a little bit about pain and especially if you're just kind of thinking that you might be needing to make a change, one of the tactics that you can use for yourself is to connect yourself more to the problem, to really define the problem 
as Prochaska would call it, consciousness raising or in, increasing your information about the problem itself. Then when you move into thinking, all right, I, I know this is a problem, I'm maybe going to start preparing to take some action, I can get really clear about the vision. What is it that I want to, when I'm done? You know, the, the great coaching question, if you could ma- wave a magic wand, what would this look like, sound like, and most importantly, feel like? So when you're creating your vision, we tend to get focused on material things because that's what we can create a vision board around. But I really want you to think about how you will feel differently, how your life will be different, what what will what of substance will be different in the future after you've made this change? How will your family feel different? How will your love life be different? Take it down a level and really think about the emotional piece of change. So in Protraska, they call that experiencing and expressing feelings, you know, the emotional arousal. So I want your vision of the future to not be intellectual. I want it to be emotional. What will be different when you make this change? So maybe if you're struggling in your career and you're thinking about finding a different job, you might say, oh, well, I'll have more money, or I could have better work-life balance, or the ever so uh, cliche, you know, I'd have work with more meaning. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? What would that bring to your, your life? How would you feel different at the end of every day if you made that change, if you're struggling with leadership and and perhaps you've gotten some feedback that you're not a great manager and you're finally ready to do something concrete about that, you know, how would it feel for your team to say, wow, you are the reason that I work for this company or you're the reason that I want to be a manager? Find something to connect with that is emotionally arousing, not just intellectual or material. That part of the vision can then be so much more compelling because a vision in and of itself isn't necessarily compelling. If it doesn't connect to your values, if it doesn't connect to your pain, and if it doesn't connect in some way to your emotions and a little bit deeper connection to how it will be different in the future. Those positive emotions can also be good against fear, so they can be good weapons against lack of motivation or lack of action because of fear. So if you're not motivated or not making taking actions and you think that fear of failure or fear of success might be kind of getting in your way, then building a, an emotionally arousing vision can also help with that. And if you're if you think that fear might be getting in your way, you're also always already uh, 
quite a few steps ahead because that's hard for us to admit as well. So that emotional piece is important, both in terms of assessing our emotion around the vision and and creating a vision that is connected to emotion, but as I was talking about, also connecting our, our emotions to the problem and what might be going on there. Then we have the steps and the actions of how to get where we want to go. If you feel like that's getting in your way, start breaking it down. What would be the first step? One of my favorite challenges or questions from the Susan Whitcomb that she asks, what would you do if you knew what the first step was? It kind of takes away that excuse of I don't know what the first step is. What would you do if you did know what the first step was? Or who might know what the steps are? How could you figure out what the steps are? What resources do you have? What people who've gone before you? What might the steps be to get to where you want to go? This is one of the reasons in the career space that we do career research conversations, or what other people might call informational interviews. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that I'm not a huge fan of that term. I call it career research conversations. So if you're going to do make a career change and you feel like you don't know what the steps are to get to your vision, where you want to go, talk to some people who've gone there. I would talk to at least two or three because there's always multiple ways to get to where you want to go. And the more possible steps that you can see, the easier it's going to be for you to figure out the steps that you want to take. When I looked at going into this type of work, I interviewed three or four different people, sat down, had conversations with them about where do they, where did they come from? Where are they now? And how did they get there? And it was life-changing for me because I had this kind of idea of how one gets to be an organizational development consultant or a leadership coach. And it wasn't a path that was appealing to me. So I could see the vision and I knew one way of getting there, but knew that that wasn't really for me. The HR route, right? Get an HR job and work within HR and then move your way up. The entry-level HR positions and my skill sets, or, or I should say my non-burnout skill sets, were not a good fit. And so I kept talking to people and kept interviewing people and saw all the different ways that people took to get there and was able to put together a, a plan that worked for me. This can also help with fear because a lot of why we don't take steps is because we're afraid of the trade-offs perhaps for that step. So one of the steps that I heard people saying was, oh, you know, just go out on your own, become a consultant and work your way up as a consultant. Okay. For a lot of people that would have been scary. Maybe because they didn't have the support system or they didn't have the other money-making opportunities that I had at the time. 
And so they might just see that path and go, well, I guess I'm never going to do that because I can't, I can't do that. I, I don't have the support system to do that. I need to pay my bills, whatever it is that, you know, fear and real, real things mix themselves together there. And then we end up not taking action because that one path wasn't going to work for us. Well, if we keep looking for other paths, eventually we might find one that works for us that fits into our risk-taking spectrum and that works with our skill set. So look for all the different ways that you could get to where you want to go. What are all the different steps that you could take? Because, of course, if you're standing at the edge of a cliff thinking you're going to make this huge change, it may not work. What are the steps? What are the ways that you could build a bridge and do that? the actions that work where you are now instead of standing on the cliff thinking about, I got to jump and never doing it? What are the other actions that you could take that are going to work for you where you are now? So that works our way into one kind of fear, right? That fear of the unknown or fear of failure in a big way and in a very realistic way, right? We, we have bills to pay. We have life to live. And when someone says, you know, well, why don't you just do that? It's easy for them to say. Why don't you just quit your job? It'll make it easier to find something better. Or why don't you buy into that company? You know, people who take risks are the ones that have the most reward. It's easy for other people to say. But when we look at our own life, we have our our realistic risk tolerance. It's important to realize what that is and what those boundaries might be, and when the failure may not be as bad as we're making it out to be, and when there might be steps that we could take that wouldn't require that much fear, that much risk that is causing fear. Is there a way that you can take those steps differently? Is there a way that you can try this great new thing you want to try while you have your day job? Could you take a few weeks of vacation, sacrifice some of those weeks of vacation to try this new thing? You know, what are the different ways that you could piece together the puzzle and get what you want while reducing that fear, reducing that tension between what you want and where you are? A lot of this goes back to support. You know, there's a balance for each of us between challenge and support. And each of us have a different balance. Some of us don't need as much support to go on and take on those challenges. Or maybe we overlook the fact that we do have that support. Some of us might need more support, more answers, more data to go out and, and take that risk. And that's okay. But then we've got to really search out and go and find that support and see that as our first step. So if I'm feeling paralyzed because I've got to do X, Y, and Z before I do 
Z. First of all, check if that's true, because sometimes the perfectionists in us, the perfectionists among us will say, I need to do X, Y, or Z, when really are they that critical? But if you really do need to do X, Y, or Z before you move forward, then that's your first step, finding those supports and those resources that will help you do the actions that move you to the next step. When we come back, we're going to finish up talking about fear and challenge and support and a few other tactics, techniques that you can use when you find yourself in that stuck place. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about change and making change happen? What gets in the way? Why do we feel stuck? And how can we move through that barrier? So when we talk about fear, most of the time we rationalize fear. We call it by a different name. We call it procrastination. Um, We put intellectual 
roadblocks up when really it's fear. So it might be, well, I can't do that because I've got to do this, this, and this first. Or I can't do that because it's not really the right time, right? And so we tend to cover up fear. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to admit that we have it. Changing that can change your world. So, you know, when they talk about alcoholism and admitting there's a problem is the first step, fear, the same thing. When you can admit that you're afraid, when you can name what it is that you're afraid of, and maybe even talk to someone about it, you're much more likely to move past it. As I say, to feel the fear and do it anyways. Because when you don't, and you create all these intellectual reasons around it, then you've rationalized why you didn't do whatever you wanted to do. And it makes sense to you, and you can have it make sense to other people. But it, at the end of the day, means that you didn't do what you wanted to do. And you're stuck with that. Now, part of motivation and some of the things that these coaches from the ICF said was, you know, separating the shoulds and the want tos. When someone's telling you that you should do something, usually you're going to have to go way back into our conversation and dig into, is it a problem for you? If so, what is the pain for you? What is you know, why would you make a change? What are your carrots? What's the the positive outcomes of making that change? And figure out, is, is it uh, something you want to do or not? Because doing things because other people tell, them to, uh, tell us to do it rarely lasts very long. You're going to have to go through the process of figuring out if it's really something you need to do. And if it's something that your boss or your organization is saying you should do, Right, You should take these steps to do this new job and you don't want to do it after you do that evaluation of yourself, then that's a conversation that you need to have because it's not going to end well. When it's something that you really want to do and you consistently find yourself just not taking steps to do it, Go back to why. Be real with yourself. Be true with yourself. Figure out, you know, what is getting in the way. Because when you continue to do that to yourself, you get to that place of helplessness or hopelessness where it seems like you can never do anything right. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you didn't do what you wanted to do when it was the right time. And so now you're stuck in that cycle. And to avoid doing that again, of course, we can just move forward and deal with tomorrow and try to avoid putting ourselves in that situation again. What is that fear? Is it failure? Is it success? If it's failure, what supports can you put in place so that you can take that step 
or what steps could you take that might be different so that you can mitigate that failure. There's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with mitigating the risk. It's the inaction that's the problem, not looking for different ways to take action, more support to help you take action. If it's success, same thing. What supports do you need in place? Is your the problems that you're creating in the future, are they real? If so, what do you need to make sure that you can deal with that success? Is it uncertainty? Then how can you go through some research to further define what that vision might look like or what the outcomes, possible outcomes might be from, from those steps that you took? What's your balance between challenge and success, challenge and support? What do you need to be able to, to take those steps? People say to me all the time, you know, that I'm so brave, I guess. They don't use that word, but, you know, to go out on my own and, and do my own business and then to purchase the, the businesses that I've purchased to grow my business and to move into a different space. But each of those choices that I made weren't because I'm so brave. It's because I had supports and because I could go through and look at the support that I would have and the challenge and and weigh all of the factors and then, yes, step into that and, and take the risk. But everybody's risk is different. And for someone to, you know, judge what you are or are not doing based on their own lens doesn't work. It's your life. It's your lens. But if you're not doing what you want to do, if you're not realizing the goals and the visions that you want to make happen, then it's time to look for what do you need to take those steps? What can help you? make those steps. This is why the rise in coaching is happening. This is why coaching as a as a field is taking off because people have realized that they don't have to do it on their own. People have realized that their company isn't going to do it for them and that there is a middle ground to have someone that can help you calculate the risk to really dive in and see, is it something you're making up or is it real? And if it's real, how do we move past it? That's the value of a coach, of a confidant, of a friend, and sometimes of a spouse, although we have to be careful that because we're dragging their risk and their risk tolerance into our conversation. So who's helping you take the steps that you need to take to move forward? Is there someone within your organization that can do that? Would your organization support you in getting a coach that can help you do that, to be a better leader, to be more happy and successful in your work, or maybe even to make a change so that you can take the risks you want to take, set the goals that are going to move you forward, and take actions that are going to move you towards those goals. 
You're always welcome to reach out to me at marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. You can go to careerthoughtleaders.com and get some more resources or find a coach that you can work with to take you to the next level. And I look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Life is complicated.